What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, my guy, Will. Happy New Year, everyone. Will, how's your 21... 21- 2021 going so far sounds weird to say 2021 you know it's crazy the the clock struck midnight and all of the problems in my life disappeared (laughs) you know and so i'm just really happy that i've decided to now look at my life on a yearly basis where all of my life problems are just because of the year we're in and you know not just yours but everybody's life everybody's all their problems are just gone now that 2021 is in but now not anymore because now 2021 is actually looking like 2020 all over again so from the I think 2020 actually got January, the better start yeah so from the second week in january i've already decided that for me and everyone else this year is not going to be good oh playing a little you bit of reverse psychology sounds, hopefully people? you see how stupid that sounds people <laughs> my god i saw people tweet about that they're like, oh, 2021 is just gonna be 2020 all over again bro it is the second week in january and yeah. it means nothing 2020. Hey, we thought we had a good first two first two months were really good, and then you know we we saw how all that played out. So (laughs) we'll see. Maybe a little reverse psychology. Maybe a little turn of the tables. Maybe 2020 is just feeding a little bit of of the rest of the terrors that we face into 2021. Just you know, so we wouldn't forget the year or anything. That being said, appreciate everyone joining us for the first show of 2021. Excited to get going. Hopefully we see the return of the league this year. We're definitely geared up and awaiting That's news true. from that. That's and, something we can say this year. We can yeah. say there are big three games this year. We couldn't have said that last year. There will be big three games this year. So I feel like the worst is behind us. That's true. And I think we're going to have a great show today. A little bit of a different show. You know, we have a, a guest on the back end where we're just kind of chopping it up, talking some basketball and going to do a little bit of the same here on, on, at the beginning. But before we get into all of that, as always, if you want to find the show, it's at Fourth Man Pod. If you want to find Big Three News, Big Three News. If you want to find my personal, it's at A underscore Siggy. Also, don't forget we're on YouTube now, so you can actually see our faces. You can watch the show. It's youtube.com slash Fourth Man Pod. And for those tuning in on Dash Radio, you're the first to hear this. Appreciate you if you're a new listener or if you're listening again for the second or third or fourth time we appreciate you guys as <laughs> always on nothing but net channel on dash radio i was making sure i did not say what i said last week if you want to hear that if you want to hear what i said last week about repeat listeners tune into last week's episode as well <laughs> <laughs> all right let's jump into it so will you posted a uh, first off props to you on the graphic it looks dope i think it's probably one of your top five graphics that you've ever posted. Wow, but it, really? You think so? I think it looks great. Like, not going to lie to you, it looks really good. And I think there's some bold takes, but I think realistic takes that you made to kind of map out 2021, how you think it would go. Obviously, like you said, we're still in the first or second, or we're in the second week of January. So, you know, everything can still come out to play, but like January window is closing. But you kind of went through every month and you're like this, you're, you kind of predicted what would happen every month. You know, starting from January, you said the league announces their their players and contingencies contingencies to play in the summer of 2021, and then you rounded that in December with the take that the Big Three announces they plan to extend to 16 teams, so another expansion. Yeah, so after. I mean, we can uh, we can go month by month with this if you want. Let's go to. Month Basically, by month. I I just thought that you know a good way to start the year is maybe just give one brief. You know, this isn't any, not teasing anything. This isn't any inside info. This is just something that I think 
is a realistic possibility. My prediction, I'm putting my name to it, that I think is something that we can, I don't know what to expect, but something that may happen mm-hmm. for each, one month of each of uh, the big three. Yeah, I think for new listeners or people who are gearing up to you know watch the big three the first time in 2021, I think this is a good outline, you know, even if it's not right on par with exactly what's going to happen, you can kind of get a good understanding of how everything works. So let's start with the month of January. The league announces their plan and contingencies, like I said, to play in the summer of 2021. And also the Big Brother TV show is set to debut in March. Okay, we're in the second week of January right now. So we're not feeling great because Jeff K didn't give us any Christmas gifts this year by dropping some big three news. However, I still think it's a realistic possibility because – from I was actually going back and looking at some of the news that they've announced in January. And t- t- it seems like that tends to fall historically tends to fall in around like the 20 to the 31st of January, like big news okay. starts to happen. So I think that's a realistic possibility. And in February, you said the basketball world erupts as Dwayne Wade belong, decides to join the big three. Now it seems like there's a lot of people that are out for his services, but I still think January is a strong possibility that we figure out what's going to happen. Well, here, let me, I guess, let me break down sort of my, yeah, my let me, br- let me hear you process thinking. behind this. So basically what I'm thinking is, and I tried to keep this very brief, but I, I can go into everything a little bit more. Basically, you know, I might've been a little bit overzealous with the TV show because the fact that we haven't heard anything, uh, you'd think we'd hear something if a TV show was said to debut in two months, mm-hmm. but I do still think we're getting this TV show at some point. Um, even if it's, Next year, I still think we're going to get some sort of update on this TV show. Um, but I still think that this is the month where they're going to, where we're going to hear that announcement. I mean, February would be kind of crazy, you know, yeah. it would be kind of very close to be honest with you. And I'm not going to say that I would be concerned. And I definitely don't know if I'm not pushing the panic button, hmm. but I'm, I think I'm, I'm alerting every, I'm refreshing myself on where the panic button is in the room. I'm not touching it. It's not coming out of the case, but I'm just reviewing my, you know, paperwork. So we are all familiar with where the panic button is in case someone needs to press it. We're not like shuffling around a lot of papers looking for the panic. That's right. We're we're just, it's like a fire escape thing, you know, a drill. We're going over our drills. We're just making sure that we're all prepared. Pretending to press a button. They're like, okay, don't actually press it. Got, gotcha. Yeah. So I think. I think what you said is right. I think the TV show is going to happen. They have an agreement in place with the producers from Big Brother. So you, usually when there's an agreement in place, you know. Usually happens, yeah. Usually happens. I, I do think that you're right in the sense that I don't think it will happen in March because there's just not enough preparation. And honestly, there's just not a lot of advertisement to, yeah. you know, for a new show. However, I do think that we're still getting news this month. You know, it sounds like, you know, this is a timeline we're working on for everyone listening. We're working on the timeline of this being in the summer still. We don't know if it's the early summer or the late summer. But Jeff Kwanowitz did come out and say that he's expecting an exciting 2021 summer. So whether it's in June or whether it's in August, it sounds like it's going to be a summer thing. We just don't know how fast paced it might be. That being said, we we if you know if you're going to have a league in the summer, if you're still going to have tryouts, <laughs> that's the expectation. There's got to be some sort of news plan in place, you know, in order for this to be a successful year. We don't just want, you know, from my from my point of view, I don't want this to necessarily just be like a, a year where it's just rebooted and it's back on the scene. Like, I want this to be another successful season. I want I us to kind of build off of what they did in 2019. So if they're going to have a plan, 
it needs to be now or it needs to be in a couple of weeks, at least by February. The Dwayne Wade thing, that's a whole other topic. It sounds like the TBT is making moves. It sounds like the TBT is referencing Dwayne Wade every month. And right now, if I were going to place a bet on it where he would play big through the TBT, I'd probably say the TBT. Ooh, you heard I my hate to say that. that. I hate to say that because I know, know there's what? a lot of people in the big three or a couple people that have said he would come and play. But I can't necessarily blame you because the TBT seems to be the one that, you know, has at least been very vocal about what their plan is. I mean, they're accepting new teams. They just announced the Murray State alumni team. Mm-hmm. Like they're going, all systems go. Now I know that their season starts. Um, actually, I shouldn't, I don't even know when their season starts, but I think it's before the big three. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, but you know, no, listen, you're right. I can't blame you for thinking that way, but I, here's my thought process behind this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that if they make an announcement in January, okay, what's the big three season going to look like? Is it a bubble? Is it not? Where is it going to be played? You know what I mean? Things like that. This is the stuff we got to figure out. Once you can figure that out, I already know for a fact that there are guys, I've talked to guys who are saying, yo, are you playing the big three yet? I got to wait and see what it looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Um, Heard that today from somebody. I'm not going to commit. Right. I'm not going to commit to it until I know what it looks like. All right. Well, I'm hoping that this year or excuse me, this month is the month we figure that out what's going to look like. When that happens, okay, boom. Then the floodgates are going to open. Whether splash alerts from me, splash alerts from you, splash alerts from the league itself, guys are going to be hitting up our DM saying, all right, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, Or I'm not playing. Right. But we're as soon as we get that announcement, as soon as people know what the league's gonna look like, I have a feeling that the floodgates are gonna open. That's a really um, good And then point. I think if you're the big three, exactly what you just said, the TBT, other people are very vying for his services. You gotta go out there, you gotta make a splash, you know? Yeah. You missed and, and who's to say yeah. well, who's to say that you know there's not some talks in the background, right? I mean, like you said, right. the floodgates right. could open, they could have a ton of things in place, and they're just like, hey, just don't say anything about this yet. That, that just, you know, from our point of view, we're just not seeing that. I got to be 100% honest with you, and this isn't me being cocky. I I don't – I think that if there were talks, at least with the players, I think we would know about it. Yeah. Well, I mean – Because and- I've, I've asked guys who – if you're like, all right, well, if they're not telling them, then who are they telling? Well, like I told you, you know, off camera – I think I was telling you that a couple of days ago about Michael Rappaport being on all the smoke podcasts. Right. Him and even Steven Jackson kind of reflecting on the good times of the big three. Mm-hmm. He was hoping it would be back. Now, I don't know if that's just like noise, you know, throw the big three in there somewhere. So, you know, on a big platform, I just want the name to be at the top of people's knives. Or if he genuinely doesn't know, you know, it's, it's just I hard think to say. Does. But I, I, think I don't he think he does doesn't. Either. And I've talked to guys. I'll be fair. I haven't talked to guys recently. I haven't talked to guys since let's say Thanksgiving, but people have told me the general impression is that nobody really knows what's going on at this point. And by mm-hmm. that, I mean, I think people are under the assumption that it's coming back just the same way that you and I are. They've gotten the same information that we have and they're like, okay, it sounds like it's coming back, but nobody is like, okay, yeah, they're, they're trying to do this. Gotcha. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that I from haven't anybody. Either. And, and there are guys who, and again, I'm not trying to sound cocky. I'm not trying to be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> I'm the one with all the sources. I'm just saying if I, I've talked to people where, all right, well, if they don't know, then who does know. Right. And it sounds like it's only very internally within the league for offices at this point. So, but back to what I was saying about February, you know, you got to make a splash, right? Mm-hmm. You got to get people back on this hype train. Like last season, it was, 
George Johnson was a huge signing, but I think even like a bigger signing was like Gilbert Arenas, right? Like he was really the big signing of season three. Right. Season two, I would say it was probably like Amari Stoudemire, Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson, yeah. You know, the, those, those guys. two guys going to Tri-State was absolutely crazy. Um, and then season one, Baron obviously, Davis. Was, right, Baron Davis was another one. Um, and then season one, obviously, it was Allen Iverson mm-hmm. and everyone else, literally everyone else in the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I think you got to have a big guy this offseason. And, you know, we'll talk about it. I think we're going to talk about it maybe on a later episode because it is still just a developing story. So we want to make sure we get all the facts right. But the G League took a lot of guys, you know, so we don't know what their availability is going to look like this summer. You know, they, they just took a lot of guys who we were eyeing up for the big three. So I think Dwayne Wade has been a guy that sort of checks a lot of boxes and he continues to do so. And, like, I just saw videos of him working out with his son Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks good to go. He looks ready to play. He's he's name dropped the big three even on occasion. So if that's the guy, you got to go out and get him. And I think February is the month that it happens. Hey, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Let's just put it that way. I'm hoping that wrong. But yeah. when you say you think he's one of the only guys available for the big three with everyone else going to the G League, or one of the fewer big names, I should say, I'm going to say on the contrary, as we head into March and segue here, where you said – the big three not in my house debuts. Basketball's funniest best friends, Gilbert Arenas and Nick Young, let their personality shine. Nick Young, I mean, I know he's come playing overseas, but I would still think that's a big get. And if they're playing together for enemies, I mean, we, I don't know how everything translates on the court, but that's going to bring some eyes to the big three in the summer if Nick Young and Gilbert Arenas are playing side by side. No, you're right. I mean, listen, uh, is is Gilbert Arenas, I mean, I agree with you. I think he would be a big get, but is he a marquee name? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the big three is going to look like when we come back. I don't know what the talent level is going to be at. Is it going to be at the level it was season three? I would hope so. Is it going to be a little bit higher? I would hope so. But so at this moment, I don't know. The way I look at it, I don't – so Nick Young, for me, it's like, okay – Player-wise or, you know, as a player, maybe not. Maybe he's not on the same level as someone like Gilbert Arenas or Joe Johnson was in the past. However, that being said, someone that's you've seen, you see all the time on social media making comments or, or tweets or posts. He's a guy who's got a freaking meme, like a, a very popular meme with his face on it. He has two. He has two. He's been on he a TV. Yeah. He's been on a TV show. He's been on Catfish. So it's not yeah. a guy that's like you know. I, I would I would even say maybe he's a guy that's even more known outside of basketball that draws different viewers in. That's true. That's so true. that that being said, if they do have the reality show, I think it's going to be great for the big three. And but I, I I think in that sense, Nick Young could be a big name for them. None's bigger than Dwayne Wade. I, okay. but I think it that's, could be that's a big fair. name. I, I guess I'll, I'll retract that statement. He would be a big get, especially even just for like promoting everything on social media and just helping get the league out there. I agree with you. All right, I'll, I'll take that back. I don't think I, – listen, I will say this. If Nick Young is the biggest name you get in an offseason, I'd be like, uh, but Maybe. he absolutely – but I don't want to underestimate the impact that he would have in the league. So I agree with you there. And it could be a lot of – it could be that Nick Young might be the biggest offseason signing, but there could be a lot of guys on the same level as Nick Young that they get. They could get maybe like five or six guys on Nick Levels that's fair. That's very fair. Range or level. So yeah. April, you said the 2021 Big Three schedule is announced, featuring mainly cities that allow a limited capacity of fans and arenas. If news does drop that the Big Three is returning, I think that's, I think that's the only fair assessment to make. That it's got to be you got to give fans at least a couple months if you are going to play with limited fan base. 
I mean, listen, they they said that the only the re, one of the main reasons why they didn't do a 2020 season was because they didn't want to do it without fans. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that when you come back, you're doing it with fans, and there are places. I mean, you know, the Nets are playing the Grizzlies right now. There are fans in the arena. Yeah. They were set to debut in Memphis, mm-hmm. so I would assume that Memphis is probably going to be on the schedule. Um, I think probably going to be on the day. schedule. Portland, you said? I would say Florida because you oh, know Florida, the yeah, Raptors yeah, playing yeah. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they have some fans maybe at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Yeah, so I mean, I think... you, you could even you could keep it right in state, go from Tampa, Miami. Good um, point. Somebody said, and I don't know what the restrictions look like down there. Somebody said Puerto Rico in one of my uh, comments. Mm. Puerto Rico, I don't know, maybe that's the situation. Um, I think Golden State is allowing fans eventually. Um, oh, Indiana is allowing fans. Yeah, so, I've heard a lot know, about Indiana. Yeah, so if they're do if they're doing it for the NBA, then. You can absolutely do this for the big three. And, you know, maybe, unfortunately, I know they were planning these big, like, concert series and, like, it's, like, not even, like, a set of games. It's, like, the event. Maybe you can't do it this summer. Maybe all of that has to wait till next summer. Mm-hmm. But if, if you wait, if you kick this can down the road a year because you wanted fans, then, in my opinion, places like L.A., New York, they're off the schedule, mm-hmm. at least yeah. for this year, just because, you know, I – I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what why, the world's going to look like in April, but. Well, in a, you know, like a tour-like setting that the big three does, why would you want to play in LA or New York if there's going to be no fans? Right, exactly. 110%. So, Correct. I mean, you could have it on TV and say it's in New York playing at Barclays Center, playing at Staples Center, but what's really the point if there's no one actually enjoying it? So, yeah. that being said, I think April is going to be the perfect time to release that schedule segue into May where you said that's when the combine will be feature featuring many pro and amateur players. Um, however, the big three draft, which will be usually the day after the combine is yeah, the draft, all in May still skews to value experience over potential. And look, we've seen it already in a couple of drafts. I, I don't think anything changes there, even with the circumstances going on. Um, in June, the big three finally returns with triplets and killer threes kicking off the season in Dallas. Saw Power and Three's company last year after they played in the championship. I hey, I think that'd be a lot of fun, uh, depending on who's returning. But that's going to be a different Killer Three's team. You know, we've yeah. we've definitely seen, you know, on social media where guys like Dante Green seems like Frank Nitty, a couple of guys that would return to Killer Three's. But we know one guy, at least before all this started happening, we know one guy that wasn't going to be there, and that was Captain Captain Stephen Jackson. You know, he's going to be a coach. Of coach. So yeah. that's going to be interesting because i think triplets keeps the same core whereas yeah I mean, it'll be interesting to see who comes back i think joe's gonna be back um mm-hmm. moon's gonna be back al jefferson i haven't heard anything about al jefferson but i think triplets are mainly gonna look very similar to the team that won it all um yeah. pargo as well killer threes yeah i think killer threes are gonna need to get um a captain they were one of those teams who we were looking at last year like all right who who's their big signing gonna be because they're gonna need somebody so it's gonna be very interesting to see who they get and I think Frank Nitty has a ton of connections. Yeah. Um, so he he's somebody who I'm very intrigued to see who they recruit to replace Steven Jackson. It's so crazy because I'm I'm just looking back at 2019. Killer threes were about to walk into the season with Steven Jackson, Al Harrington, and Meta World Peace. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up walking into the season making Frank Nitty a co-captain, so he's taken out of the draft. And Josh Powell ended up being getting moved up from number four overall pick to co-captain. So I just it's just crazy how all that. They unfolded. still made the championship. They still made the championship. Crazy. Yeah. 
So July, with the big three season in full swing, the clear race for MVP is between Joe Johnson and Dwayne Wade. I think you got a reaction out of Joe on that one, didn't you? Joe did not like this one. Joe found this – I'm assuming he's talking about this one. He found this one a little humorous. He didn't give you too much um, explanation on that one. No. <laughs> um, you know, listen, I think at the end of the day, I talked about this in a previous episode, I think you got to create a rivalry for Joe Johnson, right? You know, oh. if Joe Johnson is running away with MVP every year, it's incredible for Joe good for Joe, but it's not necessarily good for the league. <laughs> so if you can have Dwayne Wade go in there and it's this clear back and forth where, you know, it's, that would honestly be the dream. You know, that would yeah. be the dream season to come back and you have two such prolific names dueling it out for MVP. So that, yeah. that's my prediction. And I really like that the big three each year, they've had a different MVP. I think it keeps I agree. everything, everybody on their toes and keeps things exciting. And, and different champions and different runner-ups. Yeah. Yeah, no I know. That's ever gone to the cool. championship twice, yeah. We've seen a couple teams go to the, the playoffs every year, but, yeah, we haven't seen any team Correct. go to the championship twice. So Joe could definitely be laughing at the August prediction where you said the he big three be. He might be laughing at that one, yeah. <laughs> in, in New Orleans as Bifflet defeats Trilogy in the championship. I wish Will Bynum would have gotten in on this conversation, but he – I'm assuming that Joe was probably laughing at this one. He might be, yeah. <laughs> no way I mean, they're not I, running it back is his, his thought process. I mean, honestly, you know, my thought process behind this is, listen, this is a way too early prediction. But Bivouac, especially Will Bynum, looked very good towards the end of the season. They should have been the second expansion team to make the playoffs if they, if they didn't blow a trap game to Ball Hogs last week of the season. Um, you know, shout out Xavier Silas. But, you know, so I have them doing very good. We've seen that guys historically play very – the guys who do well their first season the Big Three – besides maybe a couple of exceptions, then play extremely well the next season, mm-hmm. especially scores. So if, if Will Bynum is following that track, Will Bynum might very well end up being an MVP candidate himself. Ooh. And then Trilogy, Trilogy right now might have the best captains in James yeah. White, David Hawkins, and Zach Randolph. So until we see what these teams look like, Trilogy, in my opinion, is a title contender. So yeah. I just put, in my opinion – you know, I think Bivouac was a fun one take. to put in there because I know I've been joking around that they're my sleeper, but I really do believe they're going to be very good. Um, I mean, they had Josh Smith. most Bates was coming on. I mean, that that was going to be a strong yeah, team. It was going to be a very strong team. So Great I coach. think those are yeah. – Yeah, so I think, you know, going off of the pattern that we haven't had any repeat um, appearances in the finals yet, those are – Trilogy would be the first as per this, and I think Bivouac would be the champions. I like it. I really like it, actually. I, um, I'm really rooting for Bivouac just because of that trap game. Like, obviously, it was fun <laughs> to see Ballhawks win, but, man, I was excited to see Bivouac in, in the playoffs there. Yeah. So, September, October, you said September will be quiet, but guys will announce retirement from the league. Definitely think that's a valid valid reasoning. I mean, it just seems like season four after four years, maybe for some of these guys, are like, all right, we just wanted the league to return. We wanted to end on our own right. terms. and. Mm-hmm we're going to see a new wave of guys come in with, especially I unfortunately think that's going to be, yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of guys. I think a lot of guys, you know, unfortunately not too many, but I think a lot of people are going to be like, all right, I hung out for a year. I didn't do anything for a year and I knew the big three was coming back. So I had an obligation, my teammates, or maybe I really was looking forward to it coming back. So now it's back there, but you know what? I think that's it for me, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I just think we're going to see a younger crowd too. 
I mean, I if, agree. If the age restrictions are lowered like they are. So October, you said you think Big Brother would be renewed for 2022. I actually think this might be a time where the show could start in October. Um, I know yeah, you're pushing against football season, but hey, we're looking at this more like a reality show than we are sports. Yeah, I mean, so the Bachelor I, goes up against football, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so everyone loves reality TV. I think this would be a That's good time true. to start it. November, the big three announces their intentions to return to China in early 2022 for a brief well, series. Be- before we go against uh, November, I do apologize. I just want to um, make sure in October we highlight one thing Okay. where I think eventually – so the really the main prediction that I made in there was – Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I didn't even see that show. end part. Yeah, no, all good. The results of the show will determine the draft order for the following season. <sighs> so I think that they really want – first of all, we already know they don't give a shit about the draft order. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. they do not care. Um, so I think this is a fun way to, to raise the stakes of this Big Brother show. So if each team sends a representative, you're like, listen, bro, you got to win this so that we get the number one pick. Oh, that's you know? fun. Yeah, I didn't really like the strategy they did where it was kind of a – they mixed it up or a lottery style for each round. So I think yeah. what better better way to make things enticing than mm-hmm. lay it out on, all on the line on live TV or on just television in general. Okay, I like that a lot. That could make things really interesting. Okay. The, <laughs> in November, the Big Three announces their intentions to return to China in early 2022 for a brief series of All-Star Games, which they plan to do back in 2019. They also announced plans – to launch a CBA version of the Big Three by 2025. That's an interesting one. Uh, what led you to, to thinking or coming up with that idea? So I just wonder, well, like, I'm feeling November or just an idea in really my popped head, in your head? I'm thinking, you know, all right, what? where is the Big Three at at this point? So season four was hopefully a success. So now we're building off of that momentum. Um, I know I know. We there was a conference call, God, maybe even two years ago at this point, or no, actually probably about a year ago, um, where they announced Fireball 3 and they held a conference call that night and they said, someone said, what is the long-term goals with the big three? And they said, um, I think this was right around when the China tour got canceled and they said, are you going back to China? They said, like, absolutely not a doubt. Um, And then they said, well, what about besides China? What about Europe? What about Australia? What about South America? And they said, absolutely. And they said, we'd love to have a league. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which, which is, by the way, this is a weird thing, but like Big Three Australia has been on, has been on LinkedIn like for two <laughs> years. Like people what? apparently work for Big Three Australia. I didn't even know they um, had like a subsidiary in Australia. <laughs> neither did I. And I don't even know if it's legit, but, you know, okay. uh, that's that. Uh, but anyway, do what you want with that information. But so basically, so I, I think like China is obviously account. one that they're eyeing. <laughs> yeah maybe uh china's one that they're eyeing and i I think china you know china loves basketball just as much as the americas really probably more than europe at this point Mm -hmm. Uh, that's probably where the majority of the market size comes from with basketball is north america and then asia respectively yeah but so i think the cba would be the perfect league to now try another big three and i i think it's going to be in a decent time from now so i gave them about you know three four years at this point to do it um, and then I think they're going to be returning to China for the All-Star Tour in 2022 to get people acclimated to what the big three is. What's the idea of it? Oh, it's 3v3. It's these guys who once played but don't play anymore, you know, things like that. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, trying to fill November, absolutely. 
Um, but I, I think it's it's something realistic. I do too. I, I I I think there's a lot of valid things you said in there. China loves basketball. I think there's already a relationship that they try to form there or, or is formed. They want to take this thing international. So I think it makes sense. And I think ultimately they want this all-star tour to happen. Like they they tried a couple times. Obviously some things came up that made it uh, impossible for them to do. But I think they want to make this happen. I think yeah. like we were talking about agreements, there's some kind of an agreement in place or what it's going to happen. Out of this post, though, I would say my favorite part of it was the December part because Ooh, okay. I I get really excited about expansion, you know, like new teams and, and the expansion draft or whatever. So you said the big three announces they plan to extend to 16 teams for the 2022 season, creating two 18 divisions with the top three in each making the playoffs. So a lot of things to take from this. There's an expansion and playoff teams, expansion in the league. Yes just similar to what happened two years ago. So it was like two years, add four more teams, two more years, add two or four more teams. Four more then team, yeah. you're creating divisions, which yeah. just makes things a little bit more enticing and doesn't make it like you're fighting the whole league. And also this, teams could go into the playoffs potentially not playing each other. Like most of the time, every team plays each other. So we kind of are looking at a repeat battle or, or a revenge battle. Mm-hmm. I really like that there's potential that each team goes up against each other and they have no idea really their play style outside of maybe some film or watching them, you know, that week. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at other leagues, right? And I mean, obviously basketball is different because basketball, you get the chance to play everybody, but it's an 82 game season. But I think honestly, from a, from a seasonal structure, the big three is the most similar to the NFL, mm-hmm. right? So you have like, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think. That's a good point. A, ma- a wild card matchup this weekend. That so like the Colts and Bills. Season. Oh, Colts I'm sorry. That's, think... that's happened. Maybe. Has that happened? Well, what about like Saints and Bears? Did the Saints ever play the Bears? I think they did. So I think Colts and Bills maybe right, didn't then. happen. So then but... forget, forget, forget <laughs> us then. But you know, no. But absolutely, the the excitement, a lot of excitement comes from teams you haven't seen before, and it's a playoff matchup. And like you look at the NFC East this year, right, or other divisions where like the NFC East was crap all year, but it got extremely exciting towards the end because it was these teams mm-hmm. you know battling it out for like all right like i have to beat you otherwise you make it and i don't yeah. you know and that's well, how doug rivalries peterson, are formed doug peterson said yeah don't, I don't, don't say that name on exciting. this podcast don't say don't say that name on this podcast i'm having too good of a time but that's that's how rivalries are formed right and that's how people pick sides and that's how people get loyal to teams and that, that's a like, big thing you've been an advocate for right is, is right team so, loyalty so like you're a jets fan right the Sadly, only yes. reason that you have an issue with the Miami Dolphins is because when they make the playoffs, you don't. Yeah. Bills, if the Patriots, Miami Dolphins yeah. were in the NFC East, they would be like the Washington the Washington football team to you. Mm-hmm. Which do you give a damn about the Washington football team? No, not not one. Exactly, thing. because they they have no effect on you. <laughs> Just like how I don't give a damn about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's a you good know? point. That's a very so good point. If you're let's say three's company. Oh, we have we have to beat Ghost Bowlers this weekend, or we have to win and hope Ghost Bowlers lose. And then if Ghost Bowlers decide we're going to take out our star rookie quarterback in a three point game because we've already made the playoffs and we've decided that we're just going to screw over the Giants, then that then all the fans are going to get pissed, and then that's how rivalries are formed, and that's how fan bases are made. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, and then in terms of this, I decided how much do I really want to extend the playoff format to eight teams? I thought eight teams was a little much. 
Um, because that means half the league makes it and the other half doesn't. Um, I like so the I just did three, battle. and then the, the top seed getting a buy. Just you know, you reward the top seed basically. So just because they would be in two different divisions, those two yes. teams, like those teams, would still play in the playoffs, like the top three. So you're saying the top two teams would get their buys, yes. and then each team would play so, each other. So cross one and one would get their buys, and then two would play three, and the winner of that would play one in the semifinals, and then the winner would meet. Gotcha. So two wouldn't play the three in another division. It'd be like two and three in that same division. Correct. Yeah, it'd almost be like the East and the West. Okay. Ooh, I like that. So that could be that could be really interesting. Cause like because like you said, you know, you don't get a lot of teams that play each other for the first time. And in, and you also don't get like in the big three, I don't feel like you get a lot of very important matchups like outside of season three. You don't get a lot of important matchups that have playoff implications. You know, like right, well, right. It's it's usually only very normally seeding, right? So yeah, like when yeah. power plays triplets, or like when that I remember that first season when trilogy played three-headed monsters, you know, yeah. or when it's like two undefeated teams or two teams with the same record. Absolutely. Like season three was the exception where like ball hogs did the unthinkable and beat bivouac and then all hell broke mm-hmm. loose. Like every four and four team was like, <laughs> Okay, now I gotta win, or now I need mm-hmm. them to lose. Like, oh, there's actually a chance, you know, like but, I, but like, how for, exciting was that? Yeah, no, exactly. For like that a makes day. it a lot of fun. Yeah. This this could do it now. You could prolong that for a few weeks. Yeah, I think that would lead to a lot of excitement. And plus just like expanding teams. Like we've seen this league get – like the, the the draft and the combine has just been full of, of potential yeah. players. You know, we've seen a lot of people brought in when there's injuries or some guy can't play. And that's just like the pe- – like, or that's just like the – the beginning of it like there's a lot of people out there that are we still hope to see play or still waiting for their turn to play and might not get it because not enough guys are injured or there's not a lot of openings yeah I mean, no 100 and i mean think of it like this right i just think of it like you know you look at this and how just like real is this right okay i was born and raised in tuscan arizona i'm a diehard Suns fan um tuscan. i love amari stoudemire so you're you're i i love amari stoudemire so Therefore, I'm a tri-state fan. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I need tri-state. Um, I really want tri-state to win. I really need tri-state to beat, you know, uh, aliens. Oh well, my I'm from Indiana, and I like Andre Owens, so I want aliens to win because only one of us is making the playoffs because we're in the same division. Well, right. screw you. Oh well, screw you. Boom. Aliens yeah. and tri-state have beef. Yeah. Hey, I would love if they were in the same division. I would love that. I mean, that's what I mean. We've been that's, looked, that's how it works. Yeah. We we need this. Like, I'm hoping by that time we have some like Instagram pages solely for alien. I mean, we have a little bit of that, but I don't feel like we have enough of it. You know? No. We're we're like in the NBA. You got a ton of different accounts for the Bulls alone or or the Knicks mm-hmm. alone. Like every sad Knicks fan makes an, a Knicks Instagram page and talks about right. their sorrows and and, and weeps about everything, and they all come <laughs> together. You know, like. So all in all, those were, those are your predictions. And I guess a good thing for us to do during the, like throughout the year, month to month, would just see, you know, is this one. You can go back and look at it. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you predict this right? Did you predict this wrong? I'm calling a two over under. I'm going to set the over at, I'm going to set the line at five and a half. Oh, I like that. Okay. All bookies. You heard this right here. Set your lines, set your markings. Let's make some plays. Uh, I think that's reasonable, though. I think I think definitely that if five of those can come true, I think it's a solid 2021 year, despite I what everyone's saying about the first two weeks of it. Um, 
All that being said, that's it for the first half of this episode. Like I said, we have a, a fun guest on, Isaiah. He is from the Cut the Debt podcast where he talks a lot of basketball and interviews a lot of basketball minds and content creators. So we just kind of chop it up with him and, and talk a little bit about everything going on between the G League and the start of the NBA, do a little start sit cut. So we appreciate everyone who's tuned in. Like, uh, you know, before we get into that, you know, please subscribe, leave five stars, leave feedback. Like we said, we, we would love feedback on what we're doing right or what you like and maybe what you'd like us to change up. So, again, we appreciate everyone who has tuned in. And let's get to Isaiah from Cut the Deck. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. We're excited to welcome on Isaiah from the Cut the Deck podcast. Does a lot of good stuff in his space and on Instagram. And we appreciate you dropping by, bro. How are you feeling? Man, I'm good, man. Just ready to talk some basketball for the most for the uh, most part, man. The season up started. You know, it's still at the top of the semester. Like I'm just kind of ready to talk hoop a little bit. Absolutely. And it's a pleasure to have you on. And yeah, we're excited to get into it too. Obviously, with the big three, we're just trying to find different ways to continue to talk about basketball and until the right. league returns here. And one thing that recently just came out was about the G League, you know, kind of jumping into this bubble setting having a lot of younger guys in there, a lot of G League vets, but also a lot of NBA veterans were invited to the bubble. And, you know, for us, looking at the guys who joined, guys like Lance Stevenson, Jeremy Lin, uh, even someone like Jello, like LiAngelo Ball. Those were guys that, you know, we thought maybe could potentially play in the big three in 2021. Now we're a little unsure about it, but overall, what's your take of like the NBA vets joining the G League bubble here and, and potentially getting another shot in the NBA and just a different path? Well, I was just um, reading the article. Shout out to Alex Kennedy of Hoops Hype. Well, he's previously of Hoops Hype. He does like some good articles. And I know that with the free agents, they do something like the like pre-draft like workouts. So I know, let's say a team like Houston, they don't have, I think the past few drafts, they didn't have a pick. So they would bring in free agents. They would bring in vets. They would bring in draft prospects and work them out. And so I think this is good for those vets or those people who are not on NBA teams or whatever, whatever the case may be, just to get some live run in front of um this, the, the decision makers. So this is, per, I think it's perfect and it bodes well, especially for the guys who need to bounce up and down between the NBA and the G League because not everybody's straight NBA, like ready for that action right out the gate. So sometimes you need a little bit less competition, you know, just to get some running, you know, at some point, because that's how you get better, not just sitting on the bench, but you get better by playing, so. 100%. And I, I think, you know, here in 2021, we're, we're seeing that, there's a new path every year. It seems like it's opening up in some way to get into the NBA with, you know, a bunch of influx of talent coming in. It's, it's a crowded field and it's just harder to play, but everyone's just looking for an opportunity. And I think as successful as the bubble went, I think this is a great opportunity to see if something else can work in this kind of arena and setup. And like we saw in the bubble, a lot of guys had a lot of success because they were able to concentrate or whatever the case may be. Um, as we, you know, we're kind of a couple weeks here in the NBA. Uh, what's your overall vibe of, of the league so far? Like, what, what, have you been surprised by anything? What's kind of stood out to you so far, like, in the early going? Well, I know um, for my favorite team, the Raptors, I'm surprised by their start. I think we just blew a one and five, lost to the Celtics. No, that was my most previous. No, I think we just lost to the Suns. So just watching, um, I just wonder, can Toronto get their juice back? But just I'm glad to have basketball back in general. So I know you have college basketball. There's NBA basketball, so we're just an influx of hoops, and that's exactly what I wanted. So. What about the Raptors? I guess let's dive into them a little bit. So they said you're your team. Uh, you know, if you were to sort of, 
you know, take like a doctor medical approach from this and break this thing open. What what's going on with the Raptors? What isn't working this season that maybe has been in the past? Um, you think about the role that Pascal Siakam was playing when you have a person, when you have the Serge Ibaka and the Marc Gasols, which you, you kind of play a different bit of a role. I know his role was even brought up a, another tier once Kawhi left. And now when Marc Gasol and uh, Serge Ibaka now gone, he is, is, is even brought up another like in the post. And so I know right now they got, uh, who is it, Aaron Baines, I think um, Chris Boucher. I think those are their guys and Alex Lynn. But I mean, I don't know what's going on. It may be something personal, but Pascal Siakam is there. That's their bread and butter. Along with you got Kyle Lowry and you got um, Fred VanVleet. Um, OG Ananobi is here. He's already is who he, he is. Who he is like he is. He's an ascending player still, but but he he's a staple in their in their team. And I believe Malachi Flynn. So you got Malachi Malachi Flynn, Terrence Davis, um, Duane Hernandez is back. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The juice is just gone. I don't know, like, but I, I believe we can get it back. You no know, nurse does a good job with that organization, but I believe we can get it back soon and at least still be in playoff contention for the East because the East has gotten better a lot. It's good, yeah. So it's just going to be hard for us to get. We got to hurry up and get back in tune, like fast. So, but yeah. I'm hoping we can. And I think the most surprising thing about the East is that the way that these non-bubble teams have played. So, like the Cavs mm-hmm. and the Knicks and even like the Hornets to an extent. These teams that maybe you know, didn't get the invite. So they've sort of been sitting around doing nothing since like March or February, but they've come out of the gates red hot. Do do you think maybe all that extra rest or maybe not being invited to the bubble, maybe did that have play something into it? I was just going to say maybe the extra rest because I was looking at one of the guys I'm watching closely on the Knicks is, I don't know if you remember Omari Spellman from Villanova. So I was thinking about when he came out in the draft, you'll get what I'm saying as I go on. He came out in the draft. I know one of his concerns was the weight. He got traded from the Hawks to the thing, Golden State, because of weight. And so I think in the midst of the bubble or right before the bubble or somewhere, he got traded to the Knicks. And so a team like the Knicks, I'm thinking like, oh, man, like they're going to, you know, like with them not being in the bubble with that extra rest, I'm like, man, it's going to even be harder for a person like Omar, which is someone I just keep up with for whatever reason. But I know – um. For, he's like for what it's worth, he's shed some pounds and he's doing some things. And but teams in the bubble, that extra rest is a good thing, but it could be a detriment as well. So it's just like it just all depends on how everybody works. So it's, I think it's definitely I, shaking things up, right? Definitely shaking right. everything up. Right. It's it's, so. it's weird too. I mean, because kind of going back to the Raptors and their slow start here, we've seen a few teams that have gone off the slow start. You know, you know, the Raptors, even with losing Lowry, you know, we'll see how they can kind of rebound from this. But you see other teams in the East, you know, the Wizards made a big move and getting Russell Westbrook, they got off to a slow start. Pistons spent a a dumb amount of money on just a ludicrous amount of money on anybody and anybody who was over six foot 10, it felt like. And that has not paid off well. The Rockets, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, I feel like these are all teams that are, you know, facing a little bit of injury or made a big move and it just hasn't worked out in their favor just yet. Out of of some of these teams, though, I mean, and it could be someone outside of, the ones I just named, who do you feel like is off to just a slow start? And who do you feel like is that we've kind of figured out the, how this team's going to be the rest of the year? Like if they're good or not good at all. Well, Philly was in the bubble. So I don't, I don't think they, but I was going to say Philly's doing better than expected. Mm-hmm. Um, slow start wise. I'm going to think I'm going with Minnesota because I know right now, Josh Okoge is out with the um, hamstring. And so um I believe they they've been win, they've been winning some, but I know once he gets back, like he's a, he's a, he's a solid guy. So once he gets back, 
they'll be on they'll be in full go. I think is Cat still out? I think Cat's a game time decision this weekend. Yeah, yeah he's I, been think, out I think he'll be back soon. Right. So I'm I'm hoping that he gets back and in tune and we and they could get going because they could definitely make a run in the East. But I mean, yeah, everybody who's off to a slow start kind of got to pick it up because it's only 72 games and it's gonna be some somebody we don't expect on the outside looking in just because they started bad. Because every team we think is gonna make the playoffs, <laughs> somebody is not, and I don't know who it is. And then the West is even harder, and the East is too. So it just either for them, like the Timberwolves, they I think they got to get going soon because you don't want to be on the outside looking in. But I believe they can make it. But when you got teams like the Suns, they're they're ascending. They're no longer yeah. the bottom feeder of the West. So it's just hard for everybody involved. So I think everybody who's making a slow start kind of got to pick the pace up and just figure out their thing, whether it be rotations or everything, who who's going to do what. So it just all depends. Let's talk about some of those ascending teams because, you know, the Sixers you mentioned, the Suns you mentioned. Surprisingly, the Magic and Pacers are also a couple of teams that are doing well. I, I mean, are we talking, are the Knicks good right now? I mean, no, out, of, out of some of those teams, I mean, like, I'm trying to figure out who's like the pretender and who's the contender. You know, uh, I'm pretty surprised by Orlando just because, you know, Markel Foltz was started off well, but now he's out. You know, they're adding in oh, their rookie no. from last year. I mean, there's just a couple of pieces that you weren't expecting them to be good. I actually thought they would be at the bottom. That hasn't been the case. But, I mean, who are you kind of looking at as maybe some of the pretenders? Or, and who do you feel like is actually legit? The pretenders, and I hate to say this, I will go with Orlando. And there's actually um, something I'm looking to do soon called the soft tissue issue. I'm trying to figure out what's the problem with their um, their training staff. You got Jonathan Isaac out with the ACL. You got Chumo Kiki. He came back from ACL. He was at Auburn. But let's just keep close. Let's just keep close monitoring on him. You're looking at Mo Bamba. He had a um, stress fracture. Um, and for those who don't know, stress fracture, I don't know if you remember the, the gruesome Kevin Ware injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. um, Louisville, the yep. pre-existing injury was the stress fracture. So when you don't take care of that stress fracture, that's when those gruesome, nasty breaks can happen. So, and then mm. you got Markel Fuchs just went out with ACL. Um, so it's just, I just wonder what's their issue there in the training room and whether they're getting a good tune-up before the season starts. And I know with Markel Fultz out, I don't know who's going to take the, who's going to take the keys from the, from a guard standpoint. Will you put, can Cole Anthony do it? It remains to be seen. So I would say they're a pretender. I would say the Hawks are serious. Ooh. The Hawks are not. The Hawks are they're deep this year. They're well. They got veteran leadership in Rondo. Trey Young is also taking a step. The question about the Hawks is, I wonder what's really John Collins. Of course, he's the star that he is. I wonder is him not because he um, rejected the offer. I believe. Yeah, and he hasn't and been so, vibing with the uh, the play style there. He was saying that he. He, he disagreed with the way they were playing, running running through Trey because they blew a couple fifteen point leads there. Wait, um, I thought I thought him and Trey was a pretty good duo. I thought I they were too. That. Yeah, they. I actually just read that today. I mean, yeah, John apparently Collins something there. happened in film, right? Yeah, something oh, about the exception to something in, film, in uh-huh. the film room. He he disagreed with Trey having so much usage with the ball. Felt like they should move the ball just a little bit more, especially when they had bleed. So. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. I wonder if he's kind of like the odd man out there or, you know, if they just make it work there. I mean, I know they're young, but. Yeah. I mean, when I just, I'll say that, about, I'll say this about that. For John Collins to, um, to get some of those rim run type opportunities, that's going to be, because he's different. That shit, was he a four or five? Is he, is he playing the four or the five? He's, he's mostly playing the four because of Capella playing the five, but. I, right, they so, played Brooklyn the other night. He was playing a little bit of the five when they had Jeff Green in. You know, mm, this right. lineup. 
So I think just um, affording him more um, rim running type opportunities, I think will bode well for the Hawks. So I could see that being a thing. And so, and I just, they have more, they have more than enough cap space to offer him a max contract. So I don't know what the issue was there. I don't, I hope it's not a thing of, oh, you're not, you're not um, producing enough. It's like, it's John Collins, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's just, it's, it's shaky. It's, I, I wonder what's the real issue. So he might be right if I'm looking at it. I mean, I think it could be too. Just John Collins maybe feels like, you know, he, he was the guy, he was a franchise guy. They go up and draft Trey Young. Maybe he feels like he wants to be the number one guy. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's like an ego thing or not, but it's something I think interesting to keep an eye on, especially for, you know, like you said, an ascending team, they brought yeah. some pieces in and stuff. So you, you can't have this happen right now when everybody's trying to get to the playoffs because they're easily the fifth, fourth seed. If you ask me, not maybe not easily, but they, they'll be in the playoffs this year. But that's the last thing you want is this chemistry. Like I'm supposed to be the guy when I'm supposed to be the guy when you're like, we're on a good ascension right now. I want a good trajectory. So you don't want to mess that up with uh, those type of things. 100%. What is your opinion on so now? Let's take another team coming out of the East that some people have playoff expectations. This is really a team that I'm very interested to see where they finish, which is the Washington Wizards. They arguably might have the most talented backcourt in the league with Westbrook and Beal, but then you have a bunch of other people who don't really have them projected as a playoff team. What's your outlook for that team? The Wizards, I don't know. Indiana's yeah. good. Knicks are good. Like, like teams are – the East is not just a slouch. It's not, it's not a slouch like it's usually – or it's not slower than the West. Like, the NBA is really good. And so when you have that talented backcourt, that frontcourt – who were their front court guys? Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura. Yeah. Yeah, Rui, hey. Rui, Thomas and Rui. I believe Rui needs another year to become that. And not not and that's not even reaching his ceiling. But we just we just gotta see how everything goes. But with the Wizards, um, I don't even know their record right now. I haven't been keeping up with them in particular, but just based off of what I've seen, they, their backcourt is fine. They that front court presence and that identity has to kind of like take a stand and claim their stakes in order to be a viable team for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference because they're not slouch anymore. And that's just the, that's just the God on the truth. So. Do you think, so if you're Wizards GM, then you're keeping Beal. You're saying, I think we have some pieces here we can build around him. Or do you ship him out and you get pieces for the future and you try mm -hmm. to build around a young guy like Rui? That's a lot of money off the books. I know, I mean, when you look at Beal, I do know this. He's on the two-year for $66 million, I believe. I think this is the second year of that contract. So next year, he will sign the big – if he stays with the Wizards, he will sign the biggest deal in NBA history, five years for $266 million. Now, that's a lot of money. And I do know if you get Bradley Beal off the books, that's a lot of money. And so we just kind of figure out how can you – I guess that's a, you can make some things happen if you get Beal off the books. But will Beal turn down five for 266 to get a job at the end of the day? It's a lot of money to turn down. So, But if I'm the GM – I kind of pitched that, hey, maybe we can move him, but it's no con in keeping him because he is one of the best scorers in the league. Yeah, the return's kind of difficult on that too, I feel like, because are you going to get anybody back that's going to make up for what Beal has brought to Washington forever? Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, like, you know, they still have Denny Abia there. Who's, I, I've, I've watched like maybe two Wizards games. I was watching the Wizards Nets the other day, and I just don't – I'm trying to figure out how he's trying to fit in. I, I just feel like they're – they're struggling to to make it work there. I mean, they got Rui, Thomas Bryant, West. I mean, there's a lot of guys that need the ball there. And so how how is Denny going to fit in? Is he going to be that second facilitator? 
Is he going to be a guy who plays more of that three and D? Is, is he going to be like a better scorer? I, I don't know. So um, they have an well, interesting door. I think what Denny has to do is figure out what Russell and Bradley aren't doing. And that's how you add value. You figure out what's, what are they doing and, okay, what else can I bring to the table that they're not doing? And it just adds a different dimension to the team. And then he'll also buy um, Rui and Thomas Bryant some time to kind of figure out their main fixtures in the game. So, Absolutely. The storyline from this season that I've really been intriguing, which I guess I didn't expect, but it makes sense why it's coming out, is these expansion teams. So, you know, we're on the, we've, they've talked about bringing expansion teams, specifically Seattle, uh, back mm-hmm. forever, but it really seems like it's starting to build momentum, especially with, I think it was like a $2.5 billion, like team fee that the NBA would be asking for. So right. where, what is your opinion? What are the two cities that are due for an expansion team if we get them? I wonder, LA doesn't need another team. Um, maybe... Jersey, you could go. I know Seattle has to be one, but you Seattle's have Seattle's gotta be one. Yeah, I know. I know how Dallas, Dallas, Houston. There's Clippers. There's Lakers. There's Golden State. One of those main. I know Atlanta. We don't. We don't need another team. It has to be someone like a Jersey or somewhere. Or they thought about Vegas. Yeah. I just wonder how uh, Vegas NBA players like the whole year <laughs> they got to live there. So, and, <laughs> and, and and then you got to balance it out. You know, um, Seattle obviously be a Western Conference team. Yeah, I think you give Jersey another team, yeah. just somewhere that can make some um, some money. So, yeah, well, they talked too. They said if they do Seattle and Vegas, and maybe they would move like Memphis, and then I knew even the Pelicans to the East. Yeah, that sounds I, good. Yeah. I don't know why uh, either of them are on the West, to be honest. That's what I, yeah, I don't even mean Memphis is definitely over there. Yeah. And I, I think, too, if you're the Pelicans, right, like that's supposed to be one of the marquee teams for the next decade, you know, because of Zion. So if yeah, you get right. him on the East Coast, that's a lot more publicity than him, you know, playing in a West team where yeah. he's not even projected to make the playoffs. Yeah, and also it's going to be hard for him to make an all-star in the West. because that's, that's true, yeah. So, one team I've heard some people advocate for, and I think it's just because they're they've been doing well in other areas in the sports world is like Kansas City. You know, mm-hmm. the Chiefs doing well, the Royals won a World Series a while back. Why not put a little NBA team in there and see? I mean, that's a passionate fan base. We know about when people go into Kansas City or into Arrowhead, it's a tough place to play. So it could be right. once the arenas open back up, that could be an interesting spot as well. That's great. Before we move off the NBA and dive a little bit more further into the big three got a little brother to brother action tonight with Zoe and Mello. Just want to hear your thoughts on, let me just hear your thoughts on Mello first. You know, how he's kind of growing to his rookie season. Have you watched a lot of Mello? Have you watched a lot of the Charlotte Hornets? I watched a lot of Mello since ball in the family, big fan, um, <laughs> big supporter, big supporter. I believe Mello is one of the more eccentric players. Um, Flashy, you know, free players in today's league. I think amongst the rookies, he's doing pretty well. His numbers have went up. So there was an interesting stat that came out um, to go scoreless in your debut. I think Hashim to beat um, and a couple, I think Greg Odin or and then somebody else um, doing scoreless in their debut. And so, um, you know, debut, um, excuse my language. But um, and so now people were like, oh, well, he become one of those picks, those top three picks who didn't pan out. Okay, now he's getting dubs. Now he's having fun. Now he's playing the game right, which I always knew he could do. Even you watch again, he played in Australia at 18. So you talk about he he's been a pro since 16. So this isn't new to him. And I think 
I think it's good for the ball family, the more publicity Jello's back in the league. Um, I have an interesting um, theory on them, but with that being said, I wish fans were allowed in the stands. I wish LeVar and Tina could actually come to the game, you know, some big baller brand. That would have been nice to see, but I know it's good for the league. It's good for numbers. It's good for, it's just good for the family period. So I'm excited to see them go at it tonight. And who comes out with the win? The Pelicans might because their team, but it's good. It's just going to be good overall. So. Hey, we're coming off a career high. So you know where we're going with this next. What's the theory? The theory is that Lonzo doesn't sign the, um, he didn't sign that um, extension with the Pelicans. He goes over to Charlotte and then Jello comes with the Greensboro Swarm. And now all the Bar Brothers are in Charlotte. I believe that. I'm signing yeah. on to that. I agree. LeVar said that. I think LeVar was on with, uh, which I know you know Mikey as well, Mikey Domagala. I think he said yeah, right. that's uh, that was the plan. So, you know, I don't know. Right. I don't know how, you know, Lonzo and LeVar have seen, have butt heads in the past. So I don't know what right. their current strategies, I don't know how they align right now, but I could definitely see right. that. Right. So them in the East will be definitely for TV. LeBron's, I don't even like thinking about LeBron retiring because he like does you know I don't even like talking about it thinking about it like seriously it's really a problem for me. But once he's out the league now the league is looking for who's next. So you right. look how they lined up the Christmas games. I think they put Zion on Christmas. They they're trying to find that next. And so now I think if you put the ball family in, it's a wrap. Yeah, that's funny that you bring that too because I I agree with you. They definitely were trying to find that next guy, and I think they were trying to make Zion that next guy. Zion or Luca. Luca could be it. I Luca because of skill, but I don't know. It's the pizzazz LeBron had. Like I'm, I, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's, I don't know. Lucas from a skill standpoint, he's the next. But I just wonder from a pizzazz. They're trying to make Zion that, but can can he? I think he he could be. So I don't, what's why why don't you think he could be? Well, it's not that I don't think he could be. I will say this: I think it sucked that he went to New Orleans to the Pelicans. Yeah. And like, no offense, but like when you have the opportunity to go to, I forget what the three teams were, but one of them was New York. That would have been absolutely oh electric. Um, and then I forget what the third team was, but the Pelicans was like, I don't want to say worst case scenario because, you know, their fans absolutely deserve to win. But, you know, I don't know, it's just not really a storied franchise. And I just feel like in the West, it's never good. I mean, we talked about how the NBA ratings have just plummeted since LeBron went out West because everyone on the East Coast goes to sleep. and LeBron's been mm-hmm. in the East his entire career. <laughs> so, I, and I absolutely think, you know, I think the I think the jury's still out on Zion. But I think that if you're the NBA, I really think that maybe you didn't prepare for it, you didn't see it coming or not. But I think this Trey Luca rivalry, if Atlanta can be a series contender around Trey and Luca, which oh, yeah. we know Dallas knows what they're doing from an organizational right. standpoint, if that right. can be the next like how like the Big. Lakers and the Celtics went at it in like the eighties, you know, if that can be like right. the 2020s version of that, I think that would be incredible. And it's just very funny to see where guys like, like we're not even talking about Giannis, right? Who's like 25, just won back-to-back MVP. Where does he fit in all of this? Where does John Morant and Zion fit in with all this? You know, like this next decade, especially for this young talent that's coming out and especially Cade's about to come into the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then who's the other guy who's going to get drafted in like two years where they all compare him to KD. I forget his name. Imani Bates. Imani Bates. Yeah. Yeah, Imani Bates is apparently supposed to be incredible. So it's just going to be a very interesting decade. And I agree with you. They're 100% looking for, oh, who's the next face of the league? Who's going to take over for LeBron? But it might be like another early 2000 situation where after MJ retired, you know. Yeah, and they're trying to find. It'll, it'll be somebody Kobe. we least expect. Yeah, but it'll be somebody we least expect. Yeah, right? because where who did... was Kobe coming out, right? Who was Kobe? Right. 
Like he was yeah. just a kid and, and he ended up being the main guy. But yeah, what, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. You're, you're good. But yeah, I, I think, I think it'll just be like somebody that comes from obscurity. I want to see it be like a second round undrafted guy. That'd be dope mm-hmm. just for the, you know, just for the aesthetics. But, um, I definitely like to see the ball family be the face of the league and then LeVar. I told you so. Like, I can't wait. I want to see that. But <laughs> I do awesome. think they all going to He's certainly done a good side. job so far already. I mean, two of his sons going top five. You mentioned, like, pizzazz and stuff. But I was just thinking, too, like, could cheekiness, you know, kind of be that new pizzazz? You know, we talk about – when you say pizzazz, are you talking, like, LeBron Duncan, the, the flashy passes he makes? Because – I think guys like Luca and Trey, while they're not going to bring, you know, bring the hammer down on the rim or something, you know, there's still maybe some slight footwork, a little bit of subtleness that makes something great. Uh, whatever the case may be, I think some of that can also be flashy and exciting. Yeah, I think LeBron's off-court um, endeavors make him this icon. Um, I got the book in my room. I read it. It's called The, uh, um, the Making of the, Bi- the Billion Dollar Athlete. I forgot the um the return of the king. I forgot the exact um, but I don't. I think you all know where I'm going with that. Like the billion dollar athlete, it was written by Brian Windhorst, and he wrote a good book about how LeBron's off the court thing and how they strategically did it. Like for example, with the Beats deal, um, he got the Beats, he got the Beats endorsement. He gave everybody on that Olympic team. I think they were on the bus on the plane. He said, "Here, wear this." So I think LeBron's team and just that off the court, the way the way they did it and the way they orchestrated for him to be this marketing um, savant innocence, like he he had everybody with the beats with the headphones say, "Here, everybody take one, everybody gonna see us," because you know big headphones were back then about 2012, I believe. Everybody had the big headphones, and I think Mav Carter told him to give. Every, I don't know the exact story. Don't quote me on it. He gave everybody the beats headphones and was like, "Wear this." do this. So the way Braun was very orchestrated in his marketing, that for some reason bought him to be more of an icon type thing. So it's going to be some off the court stuff too. And that's why I feel like the Ball brothers are going to do it with the big baller brand. I feel like that's going to be the off the court stuff is what's going to get them to that next level. So it's just mm-hmm. on all fronts because it's just not all basketball anymore. I was, um, I got a chance to speak to um, somebody in Puma. I'm not going to quote and we just talked about how, yo, like, it's not all basketball. You have a, a basketball, even the endorsements are going to change. The Army Golf endorsement deals are going to change. Just um, looking at the way, just you have a basketball shoe doesn't mean it, um, things are good for you. It doesn't mean you're this marquee player. You're going to get more endorsement money based on the lifestyle. A Kyle mm. Coombs is going to make a lot of money off the court because he brings a lifestyle of swagger. And he's mm. half the player, no disrespect to him, to a lot of these bigger name guys, but when you talk about off the court and lifestyle, he has a bit more of an aura and a bit more of a, a presence. So, so like your SGAs, like Kelly Oubre, you yeah. think just because they don't – I mean, SGA is an ascending player, don't get me wrong, but you think because even though they're not at the level of, let's say, like a Giannis or LeBron, because they bring something off the court, that that makes yeah. them one of the – okay, okay. Yeah, so like with Michael, with Michael Jordan, with uh, MJ, you know, the off the court stuff. So it's just, it's just going to be a big, um, it's going to be all, uh, it, it all has to connect well. Interesting. I like it though. And I, I, I definitely think Zion might be, at least that's the guy they're trying to like right. make the guy, you know, he's, he's definitely been in a couple commercials playing on marquee games on, on holidays, big games. So yeah. certainly exciting season so far and we'll continue to see how it plays out. Want to transition a little bit to the big three here. First, What's what's your interest in the big three? How long have you been following the league? 
I mean, I've been following it since the start. I don't know the specific. Like, I don't even know the teams, but I do know it's a way for players to get back in the league. And I will tell you this. I've always thought that the big three should be a prerequisite before signing with an NBA team on the fact that the workouts are cool, but you want to see these vets and runs and the G League bubble may never happen again. Or you say the G League for the guys who are getting drafted, the drafted staff, the undrafted players, but the big three should definitely be a prerequisite as far as getting back to the NBA because it's live runs. You may have to add, it may have to be a full league thing where it's five on five. And that one may, that may be more tiring on the vets, but that, that court is long. When you're playing three, that's that's a long court, so you make, you can make it five on five, and then you make that a prerequisite going back into the NBA for guys who may have been out a year or two, or um, you know just guys with different stories and stuff. And I think so. When, when is the big three season, man? When is it? Well, it was supposed to return here in 2021 during the summer. We're still waiting right. a word. You know, one of the co-founders, Jeff Quanowitz, has come out and said that he's got some exciting news for a great summer. So. Hopefully, uh, it looks like they're expecting for it to return this summer. Right. So I know for the summer, that's usually summer league time. So that's the perfect time. But I think I think definitely it should be a prerequisite as far as getting back to the league for certain players. It's funny that when, when you talk about the big dude, that's the first thing you bring up because I tend to agree with you. But there really is a, a school of thought of people who feel that the big three should really, I don't want to say exclusively, but primarily be for guys who maybe – played in the NBA, guys like the Joe Johnson or like the Allen Iverson or the Baron Davis who don't really have any hopes or expectations of ever returning to the NBA, but they're just still looking for an outlet to play in front of fans. So what is it about the big three that, that makes you automatically say, oh, that's something that, you know, is a platform for people or maybe young guys or guys from different backgrounds to make it to the NBA? Because when you look at the um, – when you're looking at different – you look at those guys you just named, to be, to, and to be honest – they're 33, 34, 35, some 32, some 36. That is young when you think about it. And so true. for that, to, so I don't care if they're 34 and they play in the NBA and they're done. They're still that elite athlete in a sense. And so to have a guy who's 24, who probably got kicked out of college and he had to go overseas real quick and he's like, I need to find a league to play in. Just um, show NBA scouts that I could be a prospect. Send them to the big three. I mean, why not? They're former NBA players. Everybody doesn't have to try to return to the NBA, but I think it should be a basketball community for guys who are just looking for that outlet just to get that thrill. And also it should be a prerequisite as far as getting to the league and just a chance for even overseas scouts, just more opportunities, opportunities. So I think, I think overall it should just be one of those things. Yeah, I like that. I think that the big three too should, as it continues to grow, I think it'd be a great thing to be, kind of that showcase for the younger guys. Like you said, someone who's kicked out of college, but I think you could even take the route of, you know, maybe a guy who's been in the G league for a long time. Let's say someone like Christian Wood, like someone like Christian Wood is in the G league for a long time and they're just frustrated. They're like, man, I've been trying to go to the NBA with the same outlet time and time again. And I've yet to succeed. Now, fortunately for him, he succeeded. So they, they shift over the big three kind of have, a, they have a huge season. And then a lot of teams look at him like, I, I really believe that the big three could be that plat platform or different path for for different guys like that for a younger crowd not just the, the older guys that we've seen playing the NBA for a long time so hopefully we see that you know we have we they implemented these new rules and they have yet to be able to use them yet and I think that's the part I'm most excited about 2021 that being said you know I, I wanted to do a little bit of star sit cut with some of the big three guys I think that that 
just kind of going into 2021 year, I've, I've been missing it a little bit, and I feel like we'll just kind of go through Will hasn't heard these names either, so we'll just kind of go start to cut based on big three seasons, not, you know, not their season in the NBA, but based on what they've done in the big three. So let's start with the first one. I think this would be kind of entertaining. Star sick cut, Frank Nitty, Mike Taylor, Nate Robinson. How old is Frank Nitty? I, I want to say he's, he's about 30, 31. Yeah. I mean, he's, st- he's still pretty young there. I'm cutting Mike Taylor. Ooh. I'm starting Nate Robinson. He could put up a good fight. No pun intended. Despite what <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, is it? I guess I'll bench Frank Nitty. Okay. okay. Well, how you feel about that? Fourth man of the fourth man of the oh, year. Man, I know. Well, right. So Nate literally just won an, an award for the NBA. So I can't cut him. You know, Mike played great off the bench for Ghost Ballers, and you know how I there's feel a about debate Mike that he might have been. He, should, he could have probably been right, the fourth man of the right. year. Right, right. I agree with you. And I so I think – and Mike played great in the five tournament, but we're not talking about the five tournament. We're talking about the big Strictly three. Big so three. I, I think if you're telling me, Mike Taylor, I think he's, he's primed for a big sophomore season, but I got to go with – I'm going to go with starting Frank Nitty because I think he was incredible on that killer threes team that made the championship. I'm probably going to bench Nate Robinson because he just won the best bench player award, and I, I think I'm cutting Mike Taylor. Oh, Good friend of the show too. That it one pains hurts. me to say. Pains me to say. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah, I would have. I think I'm agreeing with you, Will. I think I'm starting Frank, benching Nate, and I don't even want to say the words, but but cutting <laughs> Mike Taylor there. Let's let's talk uh, this one. I think this is another uh, group of guards here, group of wing players. Star sick cut: Mario Chalmers, Will Bynum, Ricky Davis. I'll start Mario. Okay. He was obviously a good for that uh, Miami team. Um, I'll bench Will Bynum. I'll cut Ricky Davis. OG Ricky Davis. Well, you, I think, you agree with that one, or? I I think I think I got to start Will Bynum. Just the way that he played in 2019. I mean, he looked like he was an MVP candidate in the making. I think if it wasn't for Joe Johnson having such a crazy year, Bynum really came into his own. I mean, he broke the record for the most three big three points in a game. I think it was like 30, 31, 32. Um, so you got to go with that. 30, yeah. So I got to start Will. Uh, bench, you know, besides last year where Ricky Davis really played more of like a mentor coach role, he was one of the best scorers in the big three, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately, Ghost Bowlers never really capitalized on it, but I, I think he's making my bench. And Mario Chalmers, the only reason I'm cutting Mario Chalmers is, you know, I've been very vocal about it. I thought he would played great for three-headed monsters, and I thought especially defensively he was very good. But, again, that's only one season compared to – you know, Ricky Davis is too. So if I'm benching Ricky, then I, I got to cut Mario. Yeah, those are great points. Because like you said, Ricky Davis was one of the premier players in the big three last year. He kind of took a step back. And I still think he was effective last year. So I think, ooh, that's tough too. Mario came on strong at the end of the season, three-headed monsters. Like you said, Will Bynum had a great season with Big Lab. Yeah, I think I'm going to start Will Bynum. Man, I guess you, I'm going to. You picked some good ones. I was trying to make them good and as good as I can and, and make them tough even on myself here. So I think I'm going to start Will. I'm going to bench Mario Chalmers and I'm going to cut Ricky Davis. So I'll just cut two ghost ballers. So 
probably <laughs> probably not going to be sitting on the sidelines with them. We are, we are never going to interview four. Coach Bowlers <laughs> again. <laughs> All right, final one. We'll go with uh, season one MVP, Richard Lewis, defensive player of the year last year in Amari Stoudemire, and a big three MVP in season two in Corey McGetty. Start, sit, cut. Starting Corey McGinney. Right there. I'm benching. I'm benching Damon. And who was the who was the last one? Rashard Lewis, Marty Stoudemire, Corey McGetty. Oh. oh man, that's hard. I like Rashard Lewis. <laughs> I like McGetty and Marty Stoudemire. <laughs> oh man, so I'm gonna have to cut. Um, I don't want to cut McGetty, so I'm starting McGetty. Amari Stoudemire. Okay, I, I'll cut Rashard Lewis because I like. Oh, man, I don't want to do it, but I'll have to cut Rashard. Man, I, I'm sure he he probably wouldn't be okay with it, but you know we don't we don't, <laughs> we don't gotta tell him that. Will? I mean, I think you know call it recency bias, but I think you gotta start Amari. I mean, you know, reigning defensive player of the year, but also one of the top scorers last season. Yeah. You know. He's and it, it doesn't doesn't hurt him that he's one of the assistant coaches on my favorite team. So I think I'm starting Amari, especially the way if if anything I'm starting Amari just for what he's done for Jared Allen this season. Uh, so so I'm starting Amari just for that. Um, bench it's between Corey McGetty and Rashard Lewis. You know, two guys who I would say probably both came back from major injuries, both played at a very high level, two MVPs. So, you know, they're so even, they're on such a razor thin margin. I got to give it to the guy with the ring. So I'm thinking I'm going to bench Corey McGetty and then cut Rashard Lewis. Ooh, but that is such like, man. you know, I cut Rashard Lewis is something that should yeah. never happen in real life. And you're right about Stoudemire. I mean, recency bias and all, he was good last year and he's been, yeah. he was good in season two, but I think I'm going to take a page out of your book when it comes to someone who's, done it every single year and I think Richard for that reason I think Richard at least is staying rostered just about where I'm putting him is the problem um and who I'm flipping in for that <laughs> uh you know that being that said I think I would start stat too I like what he brings me on both sides and then I think I'm gonna bench Sweet Lou and cut Maggetti that one's hard too uh that's a tough one to say I'm gonna cut Corey Maggetti someone who Felt like every time he played, he was scoring at least sixteen to yeah. I mean, I mean sixteen to twenty-four points. That's almost half the points in the league, if not a third. So, those are the three I had. I think I think we made some reasonable decisions. I, like I said, I don't think Ghostballers was ever going to like us again. No, but we've burned that bridge. <laughs> uh, and excited for the lead to come back. You know, hopefully we'll get to see some of those guys playing in twenty twenty-one. Isaiah, last thing before. Uh, we get going here. Got to ask you about the cut the debt podcast. What you got going for it? What or you know how long have you been doing it? And what do you have? What do you have planned in the future? Um. Well, I know I started in 2018. Uh, I just had an opinion. I just found a way to record it, and I've been going since. I know if you go on cut the deck, go type in cut the deck podcast on SoundCloud. Those are my early episodes. I was trying to be like the guy who like interviews like the upcoming music artists, and then I would talk some sports and I would talk some life. But now I was like, man, let me just stick with the sports, the passion. Um, I guess I felt I would blow up faster on those type of things because, like, when you stick with what you love, good things tend to come out of it. So I started in my sophomore year of college, and we had a radio room in the middle of my old school. And so people just, like, laugh a little bit, like, what, like, what you doing? 
And then now the things are definitely taking the change as far as the production is getting better, the guests, just the following, the support. And so now like I'm now like people are definitely I'm getting those different looks. I'm like, yeah, I told you. So even though I haven't done anything like substantial, but people are definitely starting to spin the block and like, oh, like, okay, I see what you're doing and I see it's going somewhere. So like you definitely like the bandwagoners from that standpoint, but I'm having fun with, I'm just creating right now. And so when I started my sophomore year in college, I'm now a senior um, at Mercer University. And so I think right now I'm just trying to grow, grow, grow and hopefully become a media personality for some one of these entities. Um, so I'm just looking to keep growing. So therefore, if I walk into a meeting, there's leverage on my side instead of me just taking some crappy deal and like, hey, I have a following, I have a substantial um, fan base. And so, okay, now let's talk. And so it's just um, just growing this. And I, as far as things planned, just to keep having more guests. And um, I got my template set out, my cut the deck template. And so now I think it's just a matter of, um, I gotta get a, I think I gotta get a new laptop. So I can get like my Zoom, I, uh, I gotta get a Mac or something. So like my Zoom calls, I can put them in, just kind of like what you all are doing, and just get some visuals on YouTube. So I think that's the next step, get some visuals on YouTube and just trying to keep growing from there. But we're already on, on every platform you can get your podcast on. Dope. Yeah, and I respect the process a lot. You know, you gotta make some of those people who don't believe in you just eat their words. And, you know, that's interesting that you're on, on SoundCloud. You know, we talk about the era of SoundCloud rappers. I wonder if like one day we look back and <laughs> one day it's like the SoundCloud podcasters, you know, just like early <laughs> early ages of your episode. I think that's dope. And uh, I would continue to run, you know, as you're telling people about this, as you continue to grow, continue to mention that. Cause I, I think that's a cool aspect of how, how you continue to grow and, where you'll be at, you know, it just makes the story a little bit better. But for those of that are listening or watching, where can they find your work? You know, what, where can they, uh, you know, go on social media and follow you and make sure they can get updates on everything you're doing? Yeah, well, um, my Instagram is my first and last name. So if you just Isaiah underscore Ifoji. And if you go to my Instagram TV, I have um, analysis, breakdowns, interviews. I just have a lot of my body workers on my Instagram TV. Because it's like a one-stop shop. Who wants to go from Instagram to YouTube to Snapchat to your Instagram? Just go to my page, go to my Instagram TV. And for as far as the, po- the podcast goes, you go on every platform. You find your podcast, whether it be Google Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, everything anchor so cut the deck podcast is available on every platform you can imagine but i also have some um a lot of my body work we have 30 40 videos on my instagram tv so Word. that's awesome well we appreciate you coming on today chopping it up talking a little hoops with us and we're going to continue to follow what you're doing and, and uh have to do this again sometime hopefully when the season's in in session All right thank you man let's keep connecting yes sir thank you okay All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Isaiah from Cut the Deck Podcast. Super exciting uh, stuff happening in basketball from the NBA to the G League to the Big Three, even to the TBT. So it's a super exciting time to be a fan of the sport. Um, You know, a a a little bit of an NBA-heavy interview, but, you know, I'm assuming that everybody who loves the Big Three also loves the NBA. I mean, how can you not, right? So it's just always fun just to talk about basketball. I mean, with the 2020 that we had when we didn't know when basketball was returning – I'll talk about, you know, uh, girls, you know, wheelchair basketball. You know what I mean? At this point, I mean, my God, I'm just happy sports are back. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I appreciate everybody who listens. Anthony and I really do. Uh, We appreciate everybody on YouTube. Thank you guys. Shout out you guys. Everybody listening to it for the first time on Dash, uh, Nothing But Net channel. Shout out you guys. Everyone else, podcast. Thank you guys. We will see you next episode.
Did I say thank you enough? I believe I did. 